Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Your coordination and balance help you to stimulate around the eyes. Greatest and greatest wellness trends, treatments, and experience. Work that Magnesium is naturally found in foods like... This is the Well and Good Podcast. Tune in to find the wellness that fits your frequency. I'm your host, Ella Dove, and in addition to hosting this podcast, I also run video here at Well and Good, oversee curation of the Well and Good shop, and seem to find myself smack in the middle of numerous projects and problems that don't really fall under my job description. I'm also a daughter, a sister to three brothers, and a cross-country friend who takes all of those jobs very seriously. I am renowned for my inability to stay put and thrive when I am on the go. Or so I thought. Suffice to say, pre-pandemic, I was the first one to say yes and the last one to leave the party and most likely to respond at all hours of the night. But inching out the other side of our 1.5 years being safer at home, and there were very few plans to say no to, and very little reason to log off work, I'm not sure thriving was an accurate description of my pre-pandemic state. What I was really doing was loading my plate so full that I, in fact, had very little time to think about what actually made me feel good. I was burnt out. I certainly was not alone. As a woman of the 21st century, not sure that's how I identify, but I'm sick of calling myself a millennial. I was lucky enough to be raised in a way that taught me that I could be at all. If I worked hard enough, showed up, did the work, my options were limitless. Well, if you ask me, the rise of doing it all is the key contributor to the era of self-care we are currently living through. And for me and many others, self-care probably shouldn't look like bubble baths and face masks. It looks like boundaries. But as we re-enter a world without predetermined rules on how to exist and operate in our social and work spheres, I find myself boundary hunting, seeking the limits to my overdoing this that will prevent me from falling back into my pre-pandemic burnout ways, and allow me to re-enter the world without a bucket of stress and angst. But as an over-eager people pleaser, boundaries are really hard for me. They feel selfish, uncomfortable, awkward. So today, I'm taking you through a few conversations I've had with brilliant women who have spent their careers focused on the topic at hand, and I'm asking the question, just how big of an impact does our ability to draw and maintain boundaries have on our overall happiness. 
oh, it's a tremendously significant factor. And it's something that I almost see more often than not, really. That's Dr. Andrea Bonnier, licensed clinical psychologist and faculty member at Georgetown. What I've devoted my career to is looking at some of the rather counterintuitive types of ways that we're making ourselves unhappy and trying to get people the tools to make that better and to feel a little bit more calm and a little bit more clear in our sense of purpose. I think the boundary struggle is so visceral for so many people, especially women, and especially in this age where we're really expected to just do everything, to excel at everything. We measure ourselves by achievements. We put ourselves out there on social media to be consumed by our audience, for them to rate us, for us to get approval that we're doing things well. And we've almost all become some sort of brand to the point where we're really expected to be optimizing ourselves at all times. And so I think this leads a lot of times to an erosion of boundaries because in theory, where would you set a boundary? You could always be doing more. You could always be making somebody else happier. You could always be achieving a little bit extra, pushing a little bit more stuff into your day. And I think with relationships, if we consider ourselves caring and compassionate people, which many of us do, and that's a wonderful thing, it's even harder to set boundaries because I think a lot of us have gotten the message that being kind means never really enforcing boundaries, never really prioritizing our own needs. The only way out really is to start practicing setting some realistic limits. Someone who has influenced my desire to start setting and actually practicing some realistic limits is Mina B. I'm a writer, wellness coach, and a licensed therapist, and I teach people how to cultivate self-care through the lens of boundaries and community care. And I just so happened to talk to her on a day when I had quite literally plowed over any and all boundaries I have ever set. So there are days too where, as you shared, I'm being superwoman and I'm taking on everything. And then here I am and I'm like, oh crap, I messed up on something or I missed a deadline. And so it's a consistent, I feel like boundary work is never something that you 100% master because life alters all the time. So I say that also because I don't want people to think that we fully get to a place where we're like, I am this expert on setting boundaries and I will never struggle again. <laughs> you know, like yeah, we yeah, all are in that boat. Right. I was really happy to hear that even Mina has a hard time maintaining her boundaries because boundaries aren't new to me. My New Year's resolution three years in a row has been to set and maintain boundaries. And yet I still find myself on this hamster wheel of yeses that should be no's. And I realized maybe it's because I don't actually know what boundaries are. What do they actually look like in practice? The way I like to describe boundaries is that boundaries are the ways that we create limits in our lives, either with ourselves and with other people that helps to keep us safe preserve our energy, and it also enables us to engage in self-advocacy. That is how I like to define boundaries. Does everybody need boundaries? Absolutely. Everybody needs boundaries. <laughs> Absolutely. That's Kari Rusnick, a licensed counselor and a certified Gottman therapist. She specializes on relationships. We have physical boundaries, emotional boundaries, sexual boundaries, 
financial boundaries, even digital boundaries these days. So I always tell my clients, boundaries are right if that's how you feel you need to set it. Like there's no wrong boundary. To ask something of someone if that's what you need is okay. And I think recognizing that is hard for some people because we have these social norms and pressures to say like, oh, you can't ask for that. That's not fair. But if that's your need, there's no wrong boundary because the person always gets to say no. You're not forcing anything on anyone. You're asking for a need. It's always, always a little more uncomfortable in the moment to say no, but you pay interest on saying yes. And you pay a lot more discomfort later on. If you say yes, you're just buying basically some resentment on either of your parts. That's Dr. Banya again. Flaking is the first place where we start to see this erosion of boundaries really be evident because people say yes when they mean no, or they say yes as a placeholder and they figure, oh, I'll worry about it later, (laughs) right? I always like to remind people that no is a complete sentence. No, 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 no. A lot of times we'll try to say no, and then we, we sort of pin ourselves into a corner. No, I don't think I can do that. Well, maybe, I mean, I, oh, I really would like to, but, oh, let me check my schedule. You know what? Let me see if tomorrow, you know, it's like, wait, 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 wait. Now we're saying yes. If you want to say no, say no and put a period at the end and, and do it in a kind way. Kindness does not equal being a doormat. You can be kind and say no at the same time. Mina had this to share. It seems as if the word no is this cruel thing. It's like a cuss word. (laughs) We think that if we tell someone no, that it's the end of the world. It brings up anxiety. It brings up guilt. It brings up so many issues. Learning to say no is one fundamental part of erecting boundaries. Another way of erecting healthy boundaries is by teaching people how to show up in relationship with you, teaching people how to be in relationship with you. And so sometimes we have these rules for what that looks like. And so if I'm in conversation with someone and they start screaming at me, my boundary will be, please don't scream at me while we're having a conversation. Maybe that's something I'll say to my partner, right? Recognizing we have to be the ones to teach people what it looks like to be in relationship with us. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. We have to be the ones to teach people what it looks like to be in a relationship with us, what our boundaries are, and we can't just assume they speak our language. But a hurdle I found difficult to overcome is, is setting boundaries selfish? The idea of a limit sounds innately negative to me, 
And the idea of setting limits between myself and others can feel straight up rude. It is selfish. I don't think there's anything wrong with being selfish sometimes. That's Kari again. Your needs really matter. When we're not focusing on ourselves, we get really burnt out and that affects every area of our life. And when we are focusing on ourselves, we find, oh, I'm feeling really great physically. I'm feeling great mentally. Like everything's going really well for me. So we deserve to be selfish. And it's okay to ask for your needs in order to feel safe in order to feel comfortable. And in a relationship where you're close with somebody, you'd hope that you would be able to ask for those things and that they would want to make you feel safe and comfortable too. When you say the word boundaries is selfish, what is the emotion attached to that? Generally guilt. So when we create these irrational belief systems, it triggers an emotional response. And so if we're going to have this narrative that boundaries are selfish, boundaries are mean, then when we try to engage in the act of doing it, it's most likely going to bring up uncomfortable feelings because we've already set this narrative that what we're doing is not okay. So at work, I made a big show of deciding I was going to set and stick to consistent working hours. Right now, I live on the West Coast, and I work East Coast-ish hours, which basically means I roll out of bed and dive right into my slack face first. It's the first thing I do every morning. My mornings for me have completely disappeared. Instead of getting up, making myself a cup of coffee, and setting myself up for the day, I was making coffee, dumping that into a to-go cup while probably slacking with the other hand, Then, going out for a walk that was supposed to be my me time in the morning, but I spent the entire walk staring at my phone, slacking, and emailing, and taking calls. Usually all at the same time. I learned that I was ready for a change when I was walking and emailing, as I do, and I literally walked right into a stop sign. If that is not a sign that I needed to stop something I was doing, I don't know what is. As I was going through the work of talking to all these people about what boundaries look like, I wanted to think about some like tangible examples of what an actual boundary looks like in real life. At work, that for me looks like setting consistent hours. And in life, the line is not as well defined. I think the need for boundaries can show up in really big ways, like at work, setting hours, saying no to things that just aren't your job, cutting toxic people out of your life, and setting a standard for how you want to be treated especially at home with your partner or your kids or the people that really depend on you. But I think boundaries also show up in small ways every day. And sometimes it's those boundaries, those more fluid lines that really contribute to that resentment and that feeling like you're just completely overextended. But very recently, in fact, in the middle of recording this podcast, I found myself in a situation that proved just how unselfish boundaries can be. Like I said, I live in Los Angeles. I have immediate family in LA, but I don't have much extended family in LA. One of my cousins does live in Los Angeles. I live on the west side. She lives on the east side. Through the pandemic, we didn't see each other a lot. And in real life, traffic is usually in between us. But we've been making plans to see each other. And I have consistently been bailing. I've been bailing because when I make plans to see her, I'm doubling it up with plans to see friends, their plans on the morning of a good friend's birthdays, their plans on days that I know I might get stuck at work. Yet I make the plans anyway because I feel so bad that I haven't seen her because I feel so bad about saying no. Then on Mother's Day, she's a mother, we had plans to go on a walk that I initiated a little bit out of guilt. But the day before that plan came up, 
Mother's Day was also my good friend's birthday. I texted her and I bailed again, probably for the third time over a couple of months. And she called me out. She was like, I just don't get it. Why do you keep bailing on me? It makes me feel bad. And I had nothing to say other than the fact that it's really not about you. It's about me and all the shit I'm putting on my plate. And I was like, ding, 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 ding. When you start to flake because you can't draw boundaries, that's when boundaries literally work well for the other people, that they're no longer selfish. They're actually setting you up to be a better person to the people in your life. And you know, it's funny, in my conversations with Dr. Bonnier, I asked her, what are some signs you're dropping your boundaries before I had been called out by my cousin? And she said, you know, if you're flaking a lot, if you're canceling plans that you've made, that's a, probably a sign that you're putting too much on your plate, that you're not holding yourself accountable for your actions and you're not setting boundaries that set you up for success. She also said, The first thing is really to notice your patterns in terms of what you typically struggle with, specific relationships. Do you find yourself resentful of a lot of people in your life? That might be that you're not saying no enough and you're saying yes when you really mean no and then you're ending up just frustrated. Look at how you're physically handling things. Are you constantly tired? You know, if that's the case, you're probably not setting adequate boundaries centered around sleep or you might be filling yourself with too many things during the day filling your schedule. So a good place to start too is to look at your values, to really start from scratch. What's important to me in my life right now? And how can I prioritize that and protect that? And maybe sometimes cut away some other things from that. So for instance, if my work is super, super important right now, how can I honor that and maybe also realistically know where that ends? So how can I say, all right, my work is important, but within that, what are my values? How would you choose mindfully to actually fill your day with something if you had nothing else you needed to do. And that gives you a little bit of a clue of really what's important to you and and how to protect that. Mina had this advice. One of the things that I always encourage people to do is reflect on what your boundaries are and what they need to be in advance as much as possible, especially when it comes to this shift around the pandemic. So now that we know that you know, the world is changing and it's going back to normalcy. Things are about to just be fully open. People are working, integrating back into the work environment. This is actually the perfect time to assess, well, what boundaries are working for me and how can I integrate that also back as we shift into normalcy? So for example, if social distancing actually turned out to be something that I really enjoyed and I want to continue to do that, this is a great time to start maybe sending out those notifications to friends and planning in advance to say, well, when the world opens up, maybe I'm open to going to a restaurant, but maybe I'm not open to going to the movies. I'm not going to go to a concert, but maybe I'm open to doing this, right? Pre-planning with your boundaries is also essential. So I'm lucky enough to be one of those people that was able to use the downtime of safer at home rules during the pandemic to my benefit. Not having plans to say no to meant I didn't have too many plans on my plate. But now as the world slowly opens up, I've realized I have a little bit of work to do. And the way I'm going to set myself up for success to set and maintain some healthy boundaries as we re-enter whatever our new realities are is creating a checklist of what actually works for me, what I actually need to have on my plate, and what I can probably let go of 
That's things like spending quality time with my friends is really important to me, but so is having the night to stay home and clean my room so I feel like a prepared person for my long days working from home. It also means when it comes to work, actually setting those consistent working hours. So not only do I not have frantic, frazzled mornings, but my team and my coworkers can count on me. And when I need to be available to get the job done, I can really show up and do it well, and maybe do it once. Because at the end of the day, taking on the work and the work travel and the plans to see my family and travel across the country for that doesn't necessarily make me a good daughter or a good sister or a good colleague. Showing up where I said I was gonna be at the right time, ready to do the work, to put in the quality time, to really be my best self, that's what makes me the best version of myself. So showing up in my spread-you-thin state doesn't really give anything back to anyone, including myself. Boundaries don't just happen. It comes from us actually doing the work of managing our emotions as well as rewiring our thinking. We can sit and talk about boundaries all day, but if you don't actually erect it, you're not necessarily doing the work. Doing the work does require education, right? And so maybe listening to podcasts like this, reading books, that's the first step. However, if all we're doing is absorbing knowledge, but not actually practicing the knowledge that we learn, we're not necessarily engaging in the healing work. And that is what it means to do the work. Yeah. I can't do the work for you. I can't, we, no one can do the work for anybody. You have to actually be the person to say, okay, today's the day I'm going to say no. Today's the day that I'm going to realize yeah. I need to use my PTO and I'm just going to take off. I can't do that for you. Your friend can't do that for you. Your parents can't do that for you. So when we talk about doing the work, that's pretty much what it means. It means now making sure your actions align with your word and your new way of thinking. It seems I have a lot of actions to realign with some boundaries. As I work on that, I was interested to know if each of my guests had a boundaries golden rule. We have the right to ask for our boundaries, but we can't demand them of anybody. And I think, you know, just making sure that you're communicating them with respect and asking for it, not demanding it, I would say would be the golden rule. Dr. Bonnier shared this. It's a kindness to set a consistent boundary and stick to it. What truly, you have more to give. You are a better sister. You are a better daughter. You are a better friend, coworker, et cetera, when you do take care of yourselves. And then Mina, obviously, the queen of boundaries. I'm getting her stitched on a pillow. My golden rule is to be consistent. Be consistent with your boundary. Because generally, if you don't respect your boundary, people aren't going to respect it for you. So be willing mm -hmm. to not just erect it verbally. Also understand that boundaries are rooted in our actions and not just what we say. So the golden rule would be to actually live by your word. For me, I am coming around to the idea that boundaries can be kind. But I think my golden rule is creating space and time for the person you're setting boundaries with so it can be a conversation and not a one-sided demand of what you need versus another person. Nobody wants to be blindsided by your boundary. Let it be, let it be a group thing, something you work on together. On today's show, you heard from Dr. Andrea Bonnier, Mina B., and Carrie Rusnak. This episode was produced by Taylor Camille, Kate Spees, and myself, along with many other hands and brains here at Well and Good. 
If you liked this episode, please share it with your friends. You can shoot us a line at podcasts at wellandgood.com to let us know what you want to hear next. And of course, subscribe. Mixing and scoring by Joanna Samuel. And our theme music was created by Madeline Lakomsky and Matt DiDomenico. Our show art was designed by Jenna Gibson and Karina Masonette. And special thanks to Jess Friedman, Ali Short, Jen Snyder, and of course, Cassie Wolfe.